today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. One of the real tragedies, of course, of, of COVID-19, and that, of course, is people that have lost their jobs, can't pay their rent, are in a rather precarious position, and uh, many more people than ever before now are starting to use food banks. Ontario food bank usage is on the rise, and that was happening even before the pandemic. Global's Tr- Tina Trujani has the details. Food banks across the province saw a significant increase in the number of first-time users during the first four months of the pandemic, as many saw their hours cut or lost their jobs altogether, a 26% jump between March and June. 20% of food banks surveyed reported seeing a continued surge in the number of people accessing their services on an ongoing basis. About 50% of those who have been relying on their local food bank are worried about evictions or defaulting on their mortgages in the next two to six months. Overall, food bank use rose over 5% between April of last year and this past March. Nearly 540,000 people visited a total of 3.2 million times. That's 7.3% higher than the previous year. Feed Ontario also found that Black and Indigenous households are three times more likely to be food insecure than non-racialized households. Tina Trajani, Global News. Well, this should raise and and wave a big red flag in front of all of us here because there are people that are suffering. I mean, we're all having to put up with a lot of stuff here because of the the pandemic. We get that. But others are are really suffering a lot more than the rest of us. And we're going to talk about that with the people that are trying to do something about that. Uh, Feeding Ontario's uh, hungry is going to be an ongoing problem, has been for quite some time. I want to bring Carolyn Stewart into the conversation. Carolyn is the executive director of Feed Ontario and joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to discuss this. Carolyn, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Thanks so much for having me. This is a, a bad situation that's getting worse because of COVID-19, isn't it? It definitely is. Um, COVID-19 has really compounded the extreme challenges that are already being faced by low-income Ontarians and their ability to afford their most basic necessities. I think a number of our key stats that, that have already been outlined really demonstrate that um, you know, the cost of living is getting increasingly out of reach for, for so many individuals, and they're having to turn to support services to help close that gap. There's an ongoing problem that uh, that we've been talking about for years uh, here in Ontario, uh, and that is affordability, And because all of these things are interrelated, aren't they, Carolyn? I mean, you know, we're talking about people using food banks, but that's also related to affordable housing. It's related to health, related to so many other things. And one of the key barometers, of course, is how much of your income do you actually spend on accommodation? In other words, putting a roof over your head. And some of the people that I've talked to over the years, and especially some of the people that are now using food banks, that number is 50, 60, 70 percent, which leaves them virtually nothing. Uh, to pay their bills and to feed themselves. Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, food bank use is unfortunately just a symptom of poverty. It's really just a demonstration of how how bad it's getting out there. And affordable housing is a key, key factor. Um, as you mentioned, over 70% of, um, you know, our clients' income is spent on housing. For it to be considered affordable, um, the standard is 30%. So that means they're paying far beyond that. And then on top of that, are having to make on impossible choices between things like keeping a roof over their head or getting food, paying, um, you know, their hydro bill, um, getting to work, uh, transportation, um, you know, or food for their children. These are choices that no one should have to make. And, you know, we're heading into the winter months. It's going to get colder. Heating bills are going to go up. Uh, you know, it's a matter of food, what you can afford. Uh, and that rep- kind of morphs into the health issue too doesn't it because i mean if you've only got a couple of bucks if you have a couple of bucks to spend on food uh there's a good chance you're probably not buying the right stuff not eating the right stuff and that that adds to the to to the to the medical problems that can happen 
Yeah, I think, you know, um, we we did a survey in this year's hunger report um, with over 200 food bank visitors in the month of September, and one out of two food bank visitors are worried about being eviction, evicted or defaulting on their mortgage, and over 90% are, are borrowing money um, or incurring some form of debt to be able to cover their most basic necessities. That means, you know, and not necessarily for lack of want, but rather just due to lack of choice, can't make those optimal choices to help make sure um, that they keep proper health or even afford all the medications they need may need for their specific conditions. Um, and, you know, the winter months don't provide us any any solace whatsoever. Um, with, with so many people worried about eviction or defaulting on mortgage, we have huge concerns about um, people being at an increased risk for homelessness. And then on the food bank side, you know, limited space indoors and the um, public health requirements mean some services are going to have to be provided outdoors, which provides, you know, even more risk for individuals. Carolyn, I'm sure that some people probably have a picture in their mind when we talk about people that are, are using food banks as to who that might be. Uh, the experiences that you've had and the people you've talked to that are providing this, this service right across the province, who is who is using food banks? Who's going through the doors these days? Yeah, you know, I think, unfortunately, hunger doesn't discriminate, and I think people should never make an assumption as to who it is that's in need of our services. We see people from all different walks of life, you know, single and two-parent families, um, people who are employed, um, people on social assistance, those with a disability. Um, 33% of those that we service are children. Um, you know, we've seen a 44% increase in the number of employed people visiting our services over the last four years. And even as, as previously mentioned, 26% of those that we saw during the pandemic were first-time users, which means um, it's a number of people who have never had to turn to our services before for assistance. And so we definitely shouldn't make assumptions um, because, unfortunately, the need is there for many individuals. Well, exactly. And I mean, we see statistics and, and they're troubling in and of themselves. I get that, you know, that uh, stores had to cut back. You know, we had the shutdown, of course, in the springtime and uh, some people got called back to work. But because of COVID restrictions within those businesses, uh, you know, only so many customers are allowed in the store or in the restaurant, whatever the case might be. So not as much staff is going to be needed. So some of these people are still without work. They're not getting the income or they've had their hours cut back and they find themselves in a precarious position. I know people personally that are in that scenario right now. And, and one individual specifically who is just heartbroken that you know, they had to actually start accessing food banks. And I said, well, that's what it's there for. It's sad that it's come to this, but, you know, it's it's one of these situations here where I think what we need to do, I, I guess, as, as a greater community here, Carolyn, is put a face on this. You know, these are not nameless, faceless people. These are our neighbors and, and, and people in our community that are being impacted by this. Definitely. Um, you know, and it's it's not isolated to one specific community. It is communities all across the province. We have seen it in every single area that we service. And, and while it's unfortunate that people have to visit, we are so happy that we're at least there, that there is a service to provide support for, for this emergency need. But I agree, you know, I think outlined in, in the Hunger Report are five stories from, from different food banks across the province, which really demonstrate, um, you know, everyone across the province is hurting. There's a lot of areas um, and individuals in need and whose stories are very specific. You know, people are having to make choices. Do I 
care for my children at home or do I go to work? And I think precarious employment um, existed even before the pandemic. And what this has done is shone a big spotlight on those huge gaps that exist in our current labor laws to protect workers to ensure that they have those protections. You know, even something as simple as a paid sick day um, is making people have to make drastic choices right now between um, staying home as they should be as directed by public health or going to work um, to make sure that they have the livelihood to put food on the table for their children. Well, I got an email from a, a, a user from a couple of weeks ago who's now using a food bank who didn't. They were gainfully employed nine months ago, not so much now, uh, finding piecemeal work. And uh, she, she was actually telling me that she was actually getting chided by some family members and friends for, you know, well, you're going to a food bank, but you've still got your Internet. You've still got your computer. And she says, how do you think I'm going to find a job? I mean, it's you know, that's that's almost a necessity now to be able to see what, you know, possible employment opportunities there are. Uh, you know, you've got to give them the tools to do that. But if you have to make a decision about do I pay my Internet bill this week or do I get groceries, that's a pretty tough call, but it's a call more and more people are having to make. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think I think for some reason it's, um, it's, it's a funny thing that always comes up that people say what people are entitled to, what people should be allowed to have before they ask for help. Um, you know, as you said, it's something like technology. Everything is online these days. There's no no exception to that, whether it's applying for benefits or income tax or even just applying for jobs. You know, you have to do that online. That's just the way of the world right now. So to say that people shouldn't have access to that makes just that divide um, between people in need um, and, and everyone else even larger. And we don't want to do that. We want to bring people together. We want to make sure people have the support they need to get back on their feet um, and that these people are acknowledged and that knowing that they're not alone um, and that food banks are there to assist them. It's it's interesting to see how this has evolved uh, over the last number of years, and you know I, re- I reference a lot of the food banks in in this area here that we've had expo- exposure to, and we've you know we've gone down there, done shows from there, talked with the organizers about this, uh, and it's created a circumstance right now where it's not just a food bank in many instances. They do offer other services. They they offer some online services if you don't have access to a computer. Uh, there's you know help you to write a resume, whatever the case might be. They understand that that one problem leads to another problem to another problem to another problem and and they're trying as best they can i guess to offer as many services as as they can to try to get people back on their feet but boy when there's no employment that that you know that's that's hitting a brick wall no matter what you're trying to do definitely it's very it's incredibly challenging particularly given the labor market that exists right now um but you're right that you know that's why food banks are trying to really provide that myriad of support to ensure that everyone's needs are covered. Food is something that brings people in the doors a lot of the time. It's that emergency need, um, but we're able to direct them to additional services. You know, some provide free child care, dental clinics, income tax clinics, resume building workshops. You know, they provide cooking classes, also, um, employee training, all sorts of different things to ensure that people have gained access to supports they need, particularly during this challenging time. Well, because a lot of them are just thrust into this because of circumstance, and they don't know where to go. They don't know who to ask for help in situations like this. So uh, the, the food banks themselves have become the liaison, actually, and the conduit uh, for an awful lot of those services. i got to ask you, though, because, you know, we're heading into another holiday season with Christmas just a few weeks away now. Uh, and I see this the odd time when I'm in my grocery store here. Of course, we have been set up, uh, you know, for people to make contributions. Uh, is the product flowing in? Are, are the food banks able to access uh, product for people during this time of year? Yeah, you know, we're we're doing our best. Um, at, particularly at the beginning of the pandemic, we had huge challenges with supply chain that were everyone was experiencing, um, you know, sourcing enough food. And then with food mm-hmm. banks having to cancel local events, fundraising and food raising events. 
um, you know, resources are depleting quite quickly, especially given that they're giving out more food. So a lot of food banks are actually trying to provide people with more food than they normally would just to limit the amount of frequency of visits that people to keep people safe. Um, so if anyone does have the means, we do encourage um, donating because unfortunately we anticipate the demand going up over the next several months um, to a year. If we use um, the 2008 recession as our only most recent example, um, you know, food bank use went up 30% in two years um, and that need has never gone back down. We're still carrying that today. So um, we do anticipate, unfortunately, the need increasing across Ontario. And so we really do encourage people if they have the means to support the local food bank this holiday season to be able to address that oncoming but you pointed out something that I want to touch on just again and maybe you know embellish it just a little bit here uh, is fundraising. Uh, food banks all across Ontario uh, rely to a great extent on, on the public support, and that's fundraising. And in, uh, they've been very creative about some of the events that they've tried to create here to raise funds uh, for people uh, through the course of the year. Uh, with COVID, a lot of that stuff is, is just off the books now. You can't do that. We're not supposed to get together. We can't go to, to gatherings. You can't have fundraising uh, dinners, whatever the case might be. Uh, and, and income is a big part of this. So I mean, so I would imagine as, as difficult as it is for the people that are using food banks right now, the food banks themselves are going to be struggling for the next little while until we can get out of this funk that we're in right now with COVID. Yes, definitely. You know, they're really anticipating and preparing. And just like any other business, they've had to pivot um, their service as well. You know, they've had to make drastic changes to to their service to be able to provide um, service safely, um, whether that means installing drive-through models of food banks. Um, many, over 60%, have started home delivery services to make sure that people who are isolated or homebound for whatever reason continue to receive support. Um, all sorts of different safety measures have also been in place, so they've really had to adapt their services. And so a lot of um, there's been needs on that side as well, so they've had to make investments to make sure that they can continue to provide that support to the public. Um, so fundraising for any charitable organization is key, particularly given we know um, we have an anticipated increase in demand. I don't know if you saw the video. I guess it was uh, just before the American Thanksgiving, so a week or so ago, and it was some place in Texas. I think it was Houston, as a matter of fact, and they had one of those drive-through food bank situations. Uh, Carolyn, the cars were lined up as far as you could see. I mean, there, you could yeah. not see the end of the line, uh, and that I think you know. And this is a you know, this is North America. You, you figure, ah, come on, it's not that bad here. It is. It's, people are struggling these days. When you see pictures like that, it just it breaks your heart to understand that people are in such dire circumstances. It does. It really does. And, you know, we're, we're upset and concerned that we are releasing another report, which just says, again, it continues to increase. You know, we, we wish we were telling a good news story. <laughs> um, and, and, but we're not. And so I think it's, it really demonstrates that changes need to be made. Um, you know, with the implementation of CERB this year, we saw that it mitigated, um, you know, many uh, financial catastrophes for many, many individuals across the province. And when that wound down, now we're seeing the numbers start to increase again. Um, and so it's demonstrated that investments into individuals can provide support and investments into poverty reduction can contribute to things improving. And so we've made some key recommendations in this year's report on how the provincial government can do that. Well, yeah, and here's hoping. I know we're going to get a financial statement from the federal government today, and uh, we're hoping that the provincial government is paying attention to this as well because uh, help for families in these circumstances is what's going to ease some of the burden on the food banks themselves. Uh, Carolyn, thank you so much for the time today, and, and a sincere thank you for the great work that you and your organizations do each and every day to help people that are in great need these days. It means an awful lot to the community. 
Thank you, and thank you for having us. Take care. Carolyn Stewart, Executive Director for Feed Ontario. Help with the food bank. Go into the grocery store, buy an extra bag of groceries. A lot of them supply that right now. But you can just pay an extra 10 or 15 bucks for a bag of groceries and drop it in the bin and make sure it gets delivered to the people that really need it. That's just one way that you can help. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.